Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 219, Something's Off. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So today's episode is about a topic that I love so much. I'm super fascinated by this. And it's the sense that I think every single person has, I know, I know that every single person uh, either lives nearly always in this state of something's just not quite right here, or has at least visited, at least has had many, many of these little fleeting moments or experiences where something about being a human being, a separate being in this world, walking around this physical planet, uh, living life, interacting with all these things and events and circumstances and other physical people just doesn't feel quite right. And I, I don't I don't even know what that means, <laughs> that it doesn't feel quite right because the not quite right, I'm sure, takes a billion different forms and feelings and uh, has different explanations and stories attached and all of that. But it's really just this sense that it may be the sense that there's something more than this, which is a sense that obviously humans have had since the beginning of time. And it and it's led to seeking and searching and in whether it's in religion or spirituality or whatever, um, there's something more to this or uh there's something bigger going on, like things aren't quite adding up. Um, how it often shows up, I think, is about us because, of course, that's just how a mind would interpret this vague sense of something's not quite right. Of course, without question, a mind is going to come in and interpret it to be about you because, well, of course, it would. What else? So, so how it often starts to go is it, it turns from this sense of something's not quite right here to I'm not quite right. Something's wrong with me. And I just today heard like three different examples of people noticing that in their own life, like something being off, kind of off in their family life, for example. And and at a young age, their mind saying, okay, I, I'm a problem. Like there's something not quite right about me. And so, of course, I mean, this shows up all over the place where, I don't know, it's, it's so hard to describe that sense of offness, but we know it when we feel it. It's like there's just less than that full, expansive, at home in the world, all is right in the world place. And and when that little niggling discomfort or that just little nagging in the background offness is felt, of course, a mind will come in and very often say, what's wrong with you? Everybody else is probably fine. I'm sure no one else is feeling this. Just you are. And that, that it feels like it's us and it's only us is something that I, I mean, oh my God, like, I don't know what could be more important for everyone to know than that it's not just you. 
It has nothing to do with you. It's not only not just you, it has nothing to do with you. And in fact, your sense that something is off is pure wisdom and brilliance. Something is off. Something is off. And it's especially off when our mind is telling us that we're what's off, you know, that we need to be different or changed or fixed in some way. So there's a lot in this. And I want to just share some kind of a variety of different things I've stumbled upon uh, over the last year or so, as I've just been so fascinated with this. One is a Joseph Campbell quote that Amanda shared in, on one of our Little School of Big Change graduate calls um, that just really, it's a very down to earth kind of practical quote that just spoke to this so much. Um, it says, life is like arriving late for a movie, having to figure out what was going on without bothering everyone with a lot of questions and then being unexpectedly called away before you find out how it ends. I just felt like that really spoke to this. You know, you're late. Everyone else was there on time. They know exactly what's been going on. So you're sneaking in. Don't put too much attention on me. I don't want to disturb all these wise, smart people around me who did the right thing. I'm the odd man out who did the wrong thing. So I'm sneaking in late. I'm trying to put the pieces together. My mind is spinning and spinning and figuring out, is that a good guy or a bad guy? Are they, you know, what's the storyline here? What's the relationship between these people? And of course, you don't want to ask anyone because they all have it all together. Everyone around you has it all together. If you start asking questions, you're going to stick out. You're going to be annoying. You're going to be the one who clearly doesn't know when everyone else knows. So we spin and our mind makes stuff up and, and, and tests assumptions and tries to figure it all out to give us a nice coherent story of what's happening. And I don't know. I, I mean, I, I know that, res- I do know, I know that resonates with you on some level. I think for many of us, it deeply resonates and it feels like how we felt most of our lives. And again, for others, maybe it's a, maybe it's just like, oh yeah, I've had that feeling. But that, that way of, that way in which it, it feels like it's just us. Everyone else has it all together. They know all the answers. And we're the only one who doesn't is universal. So clearly it can't be true. It is, a, it is a universal feeling. It is part of just our mind putting us at the center of everything, right? Like they're all fine, clearly, uh, but I'm the one who's not. And, it, and it, it's really painful. You know, it really comes back to like, what's wrong with me? And of course, nothing is wrong with you. Everyone is feeling this way. And in fact, it makes good sense because things are not as they appear. So I wrote something short, uh, just one of the short articles I write every week back in April and posted it on Facebook and Instagram and got more reaction and more like heartfelt reaction. I mean, more emotional reaction to this than I think anything I've posted in a really, really long time. People saying, oh my God, I'm crying. <laughs> like, I like, yes, yes, it's not just me. So I don't think this piece is particularly amazing or impactful, but it speaks to this topic, which is, which is very impactful. Um, 
So I'm just going to read what I wrote. It's very short. And, and then I, w- I want to read some other stuff here too, because there's some amazing, amazing quotes I've, I've heard about this recently. So this is my little thing that I wrote in April. Practically everyone I know feels like something is a little bit off, like they're out of the loop, didn't get the punchline, missing something everyone else sees. Some of us, like me, feel this way a lot. A near constant sense that things don't quite line up gnawed at me for most of my life. It led me on a voracious search for what's true, who we are, and how we work. Others seem to feel it less, or maybe they're less affected by it, but I think everyone feels it at some point. And although everyone senses it in some way, we all think we're the only one. Everyone else seems to have it all figured out. They're totally at home in this world, everyone except us. The off feeling used to look like a personal problem. Something was off with me for feeling this way. It looks the complete opposite now. I'm onto it and we're onto it. Something is off. It's all off actually. Things are not as they appear. This thought identified experience is not the truth of things. It's more like the dream we didn't realize was only a dream. You're not what you appear to be, who you've been told you are. Who you think you are is a constantly changing thought. Things aren't separate. There are no things, really. Only a brain sees and labels things. Problems aren't problems. All perceived problems, all suffering, is part of the infinitely intelligent design providing feedback that helps us wake up. It's all unspeakably simple, yet in the story, in the dream, it's unbelievably complex and complicated. So yeah, your hunch was spot on. Something is very, very off. That nagging sense that looked like a personal flaw was merely a hint. I I love thinking about how there are clues and hints and pointers everywhere. And what are they what are they clues? to like what are they pointing us toward you know again they're just showing us hey it's not just you I don't mean it's not just you in that everybody else feels this way although that's true too it's not all in your head it's not all I mean it is all in your head (laughs) and that's kind of the point you're you're not crazy you're not crazy for feeling like there's something off just the opposite you're on to it so that's such a beautiful piece of this too, that we can feel so different and crazy. And for me, it took a, often took a form of like, why can't I just be, I don't even know what the word is. Like, why can't I just be more complacent or content or like, why do I have to wonder about these big topics? Why do I care how things work? It really looked many times in my life like, and I think this is probably true that life would have been so much easier and just kind of, I could just float along on the surface of things uh, if I wasn't thoughtful, if I wasn't um, introspective, if I didn't have to think so darn much, you know, and none of these look like positive things, by the way, all of that. And I, for my life, and I know I'm not alone in this, I had people tell me, oh, you're just a, you're a thinker, you know, you're very introspective. And, and, and they didn't really mean it as a compliment. And I, I certainly didn't take, even, even if they did sometimes mean it 
as a compliment or at least as a neutral term. I never took it that way. It never, ever looked to me like a good thing. It looked like, yeah, I know, and it sucks because I'm constantly feeling like I'm taking on the weight of the world while everyone else is just going to the football game, you know, being a happy cheerleader on the sidelines. Like, why can't I just be a cheerleader? And I'm just using that as an example. But, you know, like, like why, why does it have to feel so heavy? And am I driven by this sense of things being off? And, and, it, and it's not all bad and it wasn't all bad, of course. Um, but that's just a little bit of how it, it, it often felt. And I think it's so amazing to start to see, hey, that was, that was a sensitivity to the fact that things are off. And it isn't better or worse either way. There's no, there's no right or wrong to this. I probably would have had a lot more fun in high school if I could have just gone to the football game and better cheerleader and I wasn't having these deep thoughts about how life worked and all of that. No question. I would have loved that. And now, finally, I can, I can embrace and appreciate that level of sensitivity and curiosity that just looked like a curse at one point. Um, and, and again, and I'm not saying now, oh, this is the better way to be and yay me for, for having that, you know, my whole life. Not at all. It's just, it just creates different experiences. But for those of us who have felt this way for a long time and, and who's, who have felt a little bit dragged down by it and like it's this nagging sense of things, I, I think it's pretty incredible to begin to consider that this was our sensitivity, that it, not not in a um, not like the typical adjective of oh you're a sensitive person, but this this was us having a peek behind the curtain. And again, I think everyone I know everyone has these peaks behind the curtain. Everyone, you surely would not be listening to this podcast if you if you weren't onto this in some way. So. I know you're in this camp and, and to kind of flip that, you know, if have it flip from something's off with me, what's wrong with me? Why am I so different to something is off with how life appears with this whole appearance, this whole illusion of things and how amazing that I have this, this radar that's showing me, that's alerting me and waking me up and confirming my suspicions that, yes, things are not quite as they appear. That's pretty amazing. So I've been reading lately um, an interpretation, I don't know if it's really interpretation, it's really just a book about the Kabbalah. And I absolutely love it. I love, love, love it. And I'm not even finished, so I shouldn't really... I have no business talking about it too much yet. But it makes me think of this because it it talks about how we've gone, how, I mean, it's very deep. I, I know there are many, many scholars of this out there. Um, and I'm just, I'm just scratching the surface with it myself. But how how it is that we live in what they call it, this world of darkness, which is our dualistic physical world where there's a ton of conflict and things look hard and there's a lot of suffering and there's a ton of separation. And that is where we live. That is our experience. 
yet there is this world of light. So their their contrast is kind of light and dark. It's similar to what we might call, you know, the non-dual state or or a world of oneness is what they're talking about is the world of light and the world of uh, separation or duality is kind of what they're calling the world of darkness. But I talk about some really just sort of a, a, a background of why, why we're in this state, why there is this infinite oneness world of light where everything is just light. <laughs> it's all, it's a whole one thing. And, and, all is well always and that is a hundred percent real and true and it is our essence and it is who and what we are and yet we're in this illusion of this of fully living in this heavy dark dualistic physical separate world and essentially and I've heard this other places so I don't and I don't know if those other places were um inspired by the Kabbalah. I don't know the timeline of it all, but I've heard this many other places like a, like a Course in Miracles and books like that, where um, essentially this dualistic experience that we're living in is life's longing to know itself, life's longing to have variety, to experience itself because it can only experience itself in relation to other things and other beings and other people so so it's like oneness is wow that's all that's all it's all encompassing there's nothing else but but to experience just really just to experience period to experience anything there needs to be a beginning and an end to that experience and experience is a finite thing and then there needs to be more than one thing and there needs to be time if there's an experience and experience is based in time Oneness has no time. Oneness has no space. So, so in order, and the Kabbalah talks about it in a slightly different way about desire, about how we, we love to feel like we're able to fulfill our own desires and oneness wasn't able to do that. So it had to set up this, this polarity and this duality where there could be things desired and then those things gone out and the desires fulfilled or not. And, Essentially, and this is just my take on it from what I've heard so far, but I mean, essentially, that's that's why the Big Bang happened and now we have this physical universe full of darkness is so that there's variety and, and desires can be desired and then fulfilled or not fulfilled and all of that experience in time and space can happen. So if you look at that and think about that, so so obvious to me, it just makes such perfect sense that yes, we, like, like we talk about here all the time, this experience of me as a separate person, me and my life and everything separate and different, such a real feeling experience. And we know that it's a dream. We know that it's a dream. And in that dream, it's not the complete story. I mean, there's a world of complete oneness and light, 
I don't even want to say beyond that dream, but encompassing that dream, like bigger than that dream. It's all here. So when we're so identified with the dream world and we're so identified with our personal identities and our little thoughts and feelings and all of that, it will feel like something's off. And that is, that is absolutely true. Something is off because we're really identified with something that is a total tiny little fraction of the whole of what's really real and true. And that's so cool. I mean, that's so amazing to see that that this that it's been turned on us by our mind forever. No, you're off. You have a problem. You're lacking. There, no one else feels this way, and it's a lie. It, it it's not true. It has nothing to do with us, and it never did. And everyone does feel this way, and it and it in fact is such a beautiful thing, pointing us back to what's really true. I mean, how cool to live in an illusion. If you think about it, like we're living in a movie, we're living in a dream and and we're kind of pressing on things here and there to look for the trap door, like the secret way out. And and even, you know, not to need out. Uh, like I, that's something that I think comes and goes for people as well. Sometimes there's a, a real sense and I've felt this in the past of, of, okay, I, I know there's the world of light. I know it is who I am. I know it's closer than it than I could ever hope to find it. Like finding it is already going too far. I mean, it is, it's so incredibly intimate. Yet being in a place where you don't experience that can be so frustrating. And you kind of go through life for a period of time. I think sometimes I'm sure many of you can relate where you are kind of pressing on everything. Okay. Like how do we get the heck out of here? Where's the trap door? How do I wake up from the stream? And other times, thankfully, thankfully, just most of the time fully reveling in holy crap. Isn't this crazy? This is an illusion uh, to the max. It feels so unbelievably true. I can know it's an illusion and still be completely duped by the illusion at times, both of those, and know there's this world of light and not need to experience it in whatever way, by the way, my mind says, you know, our, our mind makes up that that experience would be because that's all, that's all we can do. We have no idea what that even means. And until in unless you do but it, but but from duality it's a it's a mind with a bunch of concepts and stories about what it would mean so i hope that makes sense it, from from with from a separate me with me and my life and all these stories about what it's like on the light side th- that's not at all what it's like on the light side that's just a a mind putting a bunch of concepts and stories to something and then getting really mad that we don't live in the light. <laughs> so so to be able to have that sense of all of it, all of it, the nagging, what feels like something's off, the gaping hole, and also the full knowing that that those are uh, those are beautiful little clues. Something is off. And that's okay. <laughs> it's more than okay. It's it's amazing and exciting and mysterious. So I want to read two things that um, that I read that really speak to this that I love so much. And these are both from Michael Markham. So again, Michael Markham was a speaker in the Little School of Big Change um, a little over a year ago. I know I've I've read some of his quotes here. 
uh, I think Amanda turned me on to him too. And I, I've saved some of these because some of them are just so good. Like, like make you stop and pause good. Um, and these two fall in that camp and they're about this topic. Uh, okay, I'll read. Uh, I'll read one of them. Okay, so the first one is, for as long as I can remember, it felt that something wasn't quite right. It felt like something was missing and that I could find that missing element somewhere to soothe the nagging hunger. Only after many years of searching for something to fill the empty feeling did it dawn that my my sense of self was defined by the aching emptiness it was trying so hard to relieve. Sentient life did not evolve through a hundred million years of tooth and claw to be happy or or to be fulfilled. It evolved because of the innate hunger for food, sex, and shelter. But the hunger in human beings is extended into the realm of the imaginary. It is driven to search through a conceptual shadowland for things that don't even exist. So I, I love this, these lines, you know, it evolved because of the innate hunger for food, sex, and shelter, but the hunger in human beings is extended into the realm of the imaginary. So all sentient beings, per evolution, you know, there, there is a need for things. There is a desire, a hunger that arises. Of course, that keeps sentient beings alive. It is, a, it is necessary. It is part of, part of us. And us human beings with this mind that have, that have this ability to just make up totally, truly invent universes and realities that we all live within. It all happens in our head. And it looks like it happens because we're a a human being on a planet, but it's happening in our head. It's not happening on the planet. So because our minds are so darn good at just making things up, this hunger gets extended into into, uh, the realm of the imaginary. And now that desire, these basic desires, which are beautiful and keep a keep a sentient body alive, now it's like, oh, I need more achievement. I need more connection. I need more attention. Where did that come from? <laughs> Again, it's like a, a mind that will take this this subtle nagging feeling of something's off and turn that into, oh, something's off with me. Something's wrong with me. Same thing. There's a subtle nagging feeling of, of desire, of need, of moving toward. And then a mind takes that and says, something's missing. I'm not okay as I am. I need more, 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 more. And then it just goes through life looking for more, 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 more. Love it. Okay, so that's one of them. The second one, and he posted these like two days apart, so he must have been on a a similar kick (laughs) loving this topic. Um, Is this the one I just read? No, this is the other one. Okay, so this one says, I'll bet it feels like something is missing in your life. And I'll bet that you just haven't been able to figure out what it is. I'm thinking if you're like me, you've tried to fill up that gaping hole with any number of life experiences and things. And it probably felt like you were gaining ground for a little while, but it always returned, right? You are life's longing, which is the natural state of all sentient beings combined with an objectified longing that exists only in human beings. The emptiness that always threatened to pull you in is who you are, but there's a state of mind that no longer is driven to fill the void, but embraces it. Ah, 
So good. So again, it's really the same thing, said in a different way. You are life's longing, which is the natural state of all sentient beings. There is this this longing, and this is what the Kabbalah says, and this is what everything I've ever read that's worth anything has ever said, that in terms of it's like life's longing for itself. There, there needs to be a sense of separation. That sense of separation is like life's longing for itself. Because truly, the true essence is, is oneness. So when there's a sense of separation, that longing back to oneness will always be there. So you are life's longing, which is a natural state of all sentient beings, combined with an objectified longing, objectified longing that exists only in human beings. So there's where our mind comes in and says, oh, I have this feeling I must need more, more food, more this, more that, right? That's, that's all objectified human mind stuff. But what's beautiful about that is, again, that essence of it, what it really is, is so natural and so it can't be any other way. And and here, again, like in so many places, we just get to see through the story. We get to see the interpretation for what it is. We get to see that a mind will always make it about me and a flaw or me and something I need, but that's not at all what it is. It's never what it's ever been. And then his last two lines, the emptiness that always threatened to pull you in is who you are. A mind is like, no, I don't want emptiness. I don't want oneness. I want me. I want meanness. I want separation. I just want it on my terms. I want me to be successful and happy and loved and thin and smart and rich and <laughs> all the things, right? It doesn't want it doesn't want emptiness, but that's exactly what's being longed for. It's exactly what we want. And then the last line, but there's a state of mind that no longer is driven to fill the void, but embraces it. And that's what we're talking about of, yeah, something is off and there is no true void. There will, it'll be interpreted that way by a mind. But what feels like a problem, what feels like a void, what feels like a personal weakness is life itself saying, hey, you're still me and I'm still you. We're still one. We're still one and the same. And there's there's no separation. There's no lack. And, and there's no problem here. If you'd like to experience your own transformation and also learn how to facilitate transformation for others, check out the newly improved and expanded Change Coach Self-Study course. The self-study course is an excellent way to see a ton yourself and also learn how to share this with others. The self-study course is so complete and so amazing that we offer a money-back guarantee if you're not satisfied for any reason. You can check it out at drameyjohnson.com slash changecoachtraining, the home study course, and that link is also in the show notes.